Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, people of the internet, I am Jonah O'Connor, you are my listeners, and this is the Jonah O Show, joined by a very special guest, Danny Hill. Danny, how are you doing? I'm doing good, thanks, Jonah. How are you? I'm doing good. So, uh, first of all, I just wanted to pick your brain a little bit and find out a little bit more about you, because I know know you, but I don't really know you that well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we've had a few conversations, but nothing really... We've chatted in... Well, we've chatted in depth about a couple things, but Mm -hmm. like... I don't really know much about your background, so why don't you start by telling me and the listeners just a little bit about yourself. Okay, well I think like most people, I'm not the best at talking about myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, I answer questions better than I just ramble on, mm-hmm. but uh, I'm from Ontario. I grew up there, was born and raised in a little town called Hillsdale, Okay. A place where there's more cows than people, so you can imagine what that's like. <laughs> <laughs> my best friend was my dog. I had, uh, I had three older brothers, and well, they all kind of picked on me, so yeah. I spent all my time with my dog in the woods, just exploring and imagining. I'm an imaginative person, mm-hmm. very creative, very artistic. Uh, I love to read books. I love learning things. Mm-hmm. I think some of my favorite subjects would be space in the universe. Yeah. Uh, geology, I'm really into rocks. I'm a rock hound. Mm-hmm. Uh, animals, I love biology and the whole like ecosystems and biomes yeah. and things of the world and how they all kind of coexist with each other. And yeah, I don't know. I'm always fascinated in meeting new people and learning mm-hmm. new perspectives and stuff. As far as I go, like I said, I'm terrible at talking about myself. So yeah. if you have any questions, feel free to ask. Um, you said you had a really interest in space and that kind of poked up a subject that I've been thinking about for a while and I've covered it on the show before. Did you hear about that Mars One thing? The project where they're sending people to Mars? Oh yeah, that's the colonization. Commercial, yeah, they want to colonize Mars. Yeah, I've I've heard like little tidbits of it here and there about how they've kind of started the the projects for that and they've started recruiting people Mm -hmm. for those things and uh, I've noticed that they want younger people, right? So they can train them and get them prepared for it so by the time they're you know, in their mid-twenties, early thirties, that they might actually have all their projects ready to send them to Mars. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think they want young people so they can populate Mars. <laughs> <laughs> um, I watched this uh, program on it on, I think it was Vice News, because um, I watched that a lot, because I find that a lot of normal, like, I, I'll say, I, I don't know, normal news networks, political-based, mm-hmm. right? Because you have your liberal news networks and your conservative news networks. Right. It's all It's all different. But um, I saw this one story about all these recruits that were going to Mars, and they're so dedicated, and it's just amazing. Mm-hmm. Like, you go into, like, they did, like, documentaries about going into their rooms and stuff and sh- seeing, like, all the model spaceships and all the T-shirts mm-hmm. and merchandise and research books that they have. And this one guy kind of made me really think about why they're doing this. Mm-hmm. Because he had said something, and I'm paraphrasing here, but he said, you know, it's a one-way trip. Mm-hmm. for starters. So um, I'm going to have to leave my wife and kids behind, and that's the price that I'm going to have to pay. Right. But obviously to him, that's a fair price to pay for yeah. what he might actually learn and contribute mm-hmm. to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they said, I, I did some research on how long it would actually take to fly to Mars. They did went on their website, and they said seven months. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people don't think that that's a long time, but that's a long time, wouldn't you say? It absolutely that's, is, especially in that kind of isolation. And you're, you can't go outside. Nope. You can't. You know, you can't do anything. You can sit right. there and eat and... Yeah, you're in a very small space with a number of people, yeah. so you're going to get to know those people very well. Yeah, exactly. But the unfortunate part of that, too, is that when you're stuck in a small space like that with so many people, and even people that you're not necessarily fond of, because you can't expect them all to get along, right? Oh, no. And there's going to be problems that come up, and you're going to have to hope that these people have the means to work through these issues with each other so that it's not going to ruin their project mm-hmm. in, later, in later terms, right? For sure. 
Do you think that it's a good idea? I think it's necessary. I think it's really? absolutely a good idea. Really? Like For the continuation of our species, it would be ridiculous to think that we're going to exist on this planet for the rest of our existence, right? Mm -hmm. It's not going to happen. We yeah. have to find ways to get off of this planet and colonize other worlds, otherwise, inevitably, we will die. Mm -hmm. Right. It's, I don't know, the whole Mars thing has been so interesting to me because somebody somewhere along the way, I don't know who it was, discovered mm. that there was water on Mars. Yes. And that was where the whole thing started. And mm -hmm. they're, oh, we're going to go to Mars and we're going to colonize Mars. And mm -hmm. they're aiming to do it. They said that they, they're going to be launching in 2020, which is next year. Do you think that that's unrealistic? I'm not sure. I'm not well informed enough to know if that's possible or not. I would like to hope that it is. Mm -hmm. I hope that they do achieve that goal. They might have to put it off for a year or two, depending yeah. on how things are going on their end, but yeah, I don't think it's unreasonable to think that they could do it. Yeah. Derek had actually turned me on to a podcast that was called The Habitat, mm -hmm. and it was basically, the premise of it was they were going to uh, simulate what it was like living on Mars. Mm -hmm. So basically, they bring all these people up to this volcano and they make this structure mm -hmm. and once you're in the structure you cannot leave the structure right so I think experiments like that are super useful to kind of it's really I wouldn't important. say weed out the weak ones but you know what I mean just find out who would be capable for it right to actually give people a taste of what it's going to be like because mm -hmm. it's one thing to imagine yourself in that scenario and it's a completely different thing to be put in that scenario. Yeah. And oftentimes people will think that they're going to react one way, yeah. but when they actually meet that situation, their instincts override yeah. their logic and they start doing things that they never would have expected, right? Yeah. I think that a lot of movies as well, they glamorize what space travel actually is. Oh, for sure they do. Have you ever seen that movie Passengers with uh, Jennifer Lawrence and Chris Pratt? I feel like when I probably have. When they're on the Starship Avalon or whatever, mm. and they're, they're passengers, right? And there's, it's like a galactic cruise ship. Mm -hmm. And basically what happens is the pod fails, and he wakes up early, and he's all alone, right? Right. And he can't do anything because all the programs on the ship mm -hmm. are not set up. Right. But then when she wakes up being Jennifer Lawrence, mm -hmm. she has, like, a gold card, and she's a gold card passenger, so mm -hmm. she can have, like cornflakes and lattes and, and she has access to all, all this other cool stuff and I don't think that that's what it's going to be like at all I think that no. they're going to be eating hardened cheese out of bags and I think that the food <laughs> is is definitely going to be limited and oh yeah and, and what they have uh, access to is for sure limited as well because like you said they glamorize that kind of living mm -hmm. and it would be nice for it to be like that but in realistic terms, it can't be yet because we exactly. haven't we haven't even figured out how to create false gravity in space, right? We don't have that technology yet. I think a lot of people haven't even figured out how to make those luxuries here. Like right. you, you can't. I don't know if there is even a machine that you can say, okay, I want this kind of milk and this kind of cereal and this kind of mm -hmm. this and this latte and this and a cup shoots out and. Right. I know. think that we could make something like that, but I don't yeah. think that we have made. I, I don't like think that, that we have, and I think that uh, a lot of people are. I don't want to say that it's a bad idea. Personally, I wouldn't do it mm -hmm. myself because I enjoy my life on Earth. Right, right. You know what I mean? Um, and a lot of it goes with people don't know any better. Mm -hmm. And when you're put in that uncomfortable situation of, like you said, you're with a bunch of people that you have you don't know. Right. Um, you're isolated completely. That's mm -hmm. a scary situation. It is scary. Especially it's like going to prison. When people start acting in ways that are unexpected yeah. and in those situations, like I know that uh, 
like mental illness can mm-hmm. set in really easily for yeah. people that even are strength, like have a strong mental capacity, Yeah. right? Because you start to feel the isolation and the loneliness and mm-hmm. you start to feel the, the weighing consequences of what you've done and mm-hmm. what you can't return to. Yeah. And I don't think until you're halfway there or even once you've left the planet that might actually start to set in. I think... But you can't fabricate those things while you're here. Yeah. My thing is, is that... Because um, the thing is, like, even with prisoners, because that's the one thing that I would consider that right. even close to is being in prison. Because you can't go outside, you can't, you're stuck with, it's, it's like you're your in a cell. Your whole schedule is dictated, right. what you can eat, what yeah. you can wear, what you're allowed to do, like, it's mm-hmm. all very regimented. And prisoners, the one thing that I've noticed about people who get out of jail is they have become institutionalized. Yes. Have you ever met somebody who doesn't like their food touching because they were in jail? No, I haven't. I actually. met a gentleman one time at, uh, I was doing construction in Vancouver, mm-hmm. I met a guy and we had a like a big the the site was finishing so we had a roofers party mm-hmm. right which is you've been on sites and you know mm-hmm. what that is yeah but for those of you who don't know what that is it's when they finish the roof and they're done the building and all the staff have a big barbecue and stuff like that and this dude was just livid that his food was touching and we couldn't figure it out mm-hmm. and my foreman had said he just got out of jail Oh, so he was accustomed. To he was that accustomed to that way of life, and he right. was institutionalized. And right. I think that that's, I think that it's definitely going to affect people. Oh yeah, when you're exposed to things for that long, it's mm-hmm. unrealistic to expect there not to be differences that are noticeable, right? Because people they develop routines. Absolutely. Like a good example would be when I was a forest ranger. I got accustomed to living out of my backpack. That was where I mm-hmm. put everything, and I carried that everywhere with me. And even for two and three months after I was back home and I didn't need to do yeah. that, I was still carrying my backpack around with me everywhere. Yeah. And it wasn't until somebody said to me, like, why do you drag this thing around with you? Like, you have, you have yeah. access to water and food all the time. Like, you don't need your mm-hmm. bag with you. And I never really thought about it, but it was a habit, right? And yeah. we form those things. It's like with me, right? Like, living here, I had noticed some of my friends were like, why do you keep looking behind you? Mm. There's no one here. Right. Like, they all thought I was, like, paranoid, like someone's mm-hmm. come to get me. But mm-hmm. I used to live in a city with 9 million people where you could get stabbed over oh, a yeah, liter of milk. you have to be so I'm like, situationally aware. Even still, times. I'm, like, like this yes. all the time, right? And I'm so. very much the same way. Like, I'm constantly aware of what's going on around mm-hmm. me for similar reasons. Because I grew up in a hostile place where mm-hmm. people would want to hurt you. Yeah, exactly. Right? And that's the thing. Like, somebody could stab you or shoot you for your shoes just because they want you to. know what i mean like they don't or even just need because they, yeah just because like they're upset crazy, or they're having a bad right? day people yeah. are straight <laughs> like, yeah. yeah and it's crazy to think that we have to live like that mm-hmm. but that's just the way it is you know people people are weird that's one thing that I've noticed about yeah, people. Yeah, Jim Morrison was very correct yeah. when he said people, people are, are strange. strange when you're a stranger. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So what was that like being a forest ranger? Well, it was a lot of fun. Honestly... Yeah. How old were you at the time? I was 16 years old. Wow. Uh, it was basically a summer job. Uh, I was doing it through my government, like through the Ministry of Natural Resources. You apply for it, they put you through a selection process. Then you get picked by uh, out of a pool. And then you get put at a random park in that province. So in Ontario, I was placed in Killarney Provincial Park, okay. which is one of the biggest and, in my opinion, most beautiful parks in Ontario, if not Canada. Really? And yeah, and mm. there was uh, 24 of us all together, just young <coughs> kids. We were all 16 or 17 years old. That was one of the prerequisites to be picked, is you had to be a certain age range. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and through that, I got a few credits for high school as well. We took a lot of courses yeah. and stuff, learned a lot of natural resource, uh, environmental, environmental study stuff which was super interesting for me. 
And we essentially just went through the park. We would take teams of people and go like two or three weeks into the interior. And we would just clean campsites and trails and stuff. Really? And it was, in a sense, I got paid to camp and like socialize with people and learn. Yeah. And it was a great experience. And it taught me a lot about work ethic and what it was like to have to rely on a team of people because mm -hmm. I wasn't very familiar with a teamwork setting like yeah. that before. And it gave me a whole new skill set that I found wasn't common among people my age because a lot of people have that sense of entitlement where they don't have mm -hmm. to work, they get an yeah, allowance. They don't have to, you know. One thing that I was going to bring up as well because you mentioned that, and I remember like when I was in school, we used to go camping. Mm -hmm. That was part of our like modules. Right, for, well, we for, had an outdoor class we as had well. A, we, it was called outdoor ed. Mm -hmm. We is, had that as well. Is what we had. And they don't have that anymore. No, they don't. It's one thing that I realized, and yeah. I'm like, that scares me. Just like home ec, you don't really get home economics anymore. Yeah. Whereas they, I took that in high school I, too. I, I did too. Like I had to sew my own apron and yeah. stuff like that. And you have to learn how to cook, mm -hmm. like different meals and whatnot. I yeah. took foods in school, and now they don't have as much of those. And they now they're mm -hmm. calling them electives. Yes. Right. Yeah. When before they were mandatory. Like, yeah. You had to take That's those correct. classes. Yeah. And we had this class called career and life management, yeah, where it we showed you too. how to write checks. They yeah. showed you how to budget. How to. <laughs> Department. Yep, I think ours was called um, civics and careers, and we had mm -hmm. half of it was about politics and teaching us about our political system and how mm -hmm. to actually understand that, which is yeah. super important, especially yeah. for young minds. Exactly. And then the other half of that was the career section, where you learn about how to build a resume and how to do an interview yeah. and how to set yourself up for success on that end of things. Yeah. And I feel like those are super important skills for younger yeah. people to have, well, for everybody to have. But it's not common anymore. But now, the thing is, kids are so mouthy and so mm -hmm. arrogant. and they, It's that they, sense of entitlement. That's what you were talking about, that sense of entitlement, where yeah. they walk around and they think that somebody owes them something. Right. And they that's, a chip on their shoulder. That's the, like, if you hand a 16-year-old a cell phone, right. they can really make an impact. Oh, where, for sure. as before, it wasn't even, like, in the question. Yeah, like, I was 16 years old when I got my first cell exactly. phone. Exactly. <laughs> and I got my first cell phone because of my job. I didn't ever nobody really ever got me like electronics right for like i think i got a tablet when i was like 15 the most right? advanced thing i ever had was a computer and even that was a hand-me-down yeah and that was because the school curriculums had changed from everything having to be handwritten yeah. to everything having to be typed and i didn't have access to a computer so my parents were forced yeah. to get one so i could actually do my work the way yeah. my teachers demanded it. that's one thing that i always talk about to people as well because I find it interesting like apocalypse things and like if the right. world ended right and my idea of like if the world ended I just think like the lights would shut off mm -hmm. and even with that like if there was no power in the world it'd be mayhem it would be insanity it'd be utter chaos because we would soon run out of gas okay. and then once we ran out of gas you would start going back to that hunter-gatherer mentality oh, yeah. People's and trading. Fear and their and, instincts take over every form of logic. Really thinking about that, it was something that Joe Rogan had said, like, I'm a smart dude, mm -hmm. but if I threw you in the forest, how long would it take you to build me a cell phone? Right. You know what I mean? Could There's some even, smart people Could you people even make a pencil? How could you even make people... a shoe? Do you know right. how to make a shoe? I don't know how to make a I shoe. I could make a simple flip-flop. That's but probably the you best know what thing I mean? I like, do. I don't know how to make... <laughs> An Adidas shoe. Right. Like, the I craftsmanship that. that goes right. into that and, like, things like that. And just to yeah. think, like, 
there's so many things that I learned when I was in school that mm -hmm. are not being taught, and I think that they should definitely no. bring those things But back. I also feel like, and this is a conspiracy on my part, I feel like that's actually <coughs> part of what the government wants for people, and not even necessarily the government, because everyone's like, oh, they, them, the government, oh, these yeah, no, people. No, I agree. But They're trying to dumb people, people down. there are people in power that affect these things, and they want people to be stupid so that they can control them. It's yeah, a exactly. control thing. It's a power thing, exactly. right? So you dumb them down, you make them need you, mm -hmm. and then they they will have to listen to you in order to survive. Yeah. That's essentially what it comes down to. It's It even falls into, because when I was managing kitchens in Vancouver, they taught me, mm. and my mom has the same thing, well, she taught me this technique, you win your staff and then you work them. Yes. Right, so you're super nice to them in the beginning. And it's also, when you break it down, it's sort of like a form of manipulation. It is, because you're building you're building that foundation yeah. in order to and it's not even progress a it's, to that other kind of relationship. It's not even like a false foundation of you're not. not being, you're genuinely being nice to them no. and stuff like that, but then you start to expect more yes. from them. Right, and but in increments, right? Yeah. In, not in, all at the same not time. Not all, like... Hey, like do this and do this and do this and do this and do. This. Right. She's like, hey man, um, could you do me a favor? That mm -hmm. was that was a trick that Sean taught me. Yes. Hey, could you do me a favor, man. Right. It would really help me out. Yes. And then they th and it's like manipulation. Right. And it's it, weird it how we justify a simple request to a demand slash expectation. Yeah. And it's weird how we've manipulated people to you can take a staff member and say hey could you do me a favor and then 21 days later because i think it, they said it takes like 21 days to form a habit it does yes if you say hey could you do me a favor hey could you do me a favor mm -hmm. and just little tasks yep. and stuff after that 21 days they'll just start doing those that's things. right and th you don't even have to ask them no, they it just... becomes trained behavior <clears throat> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and it's do you ever have you watched the office not much. At all? No. I saw this one. I don't. I haven't really watched it much, but I've seen clips, and it was these two guys, they're sitting at their desk. I forget their names, but he said he saw an experiment where a noise would go off, and they would give these dogs a treat, mm -hmm. and so they associated the noise with the treat. Yep. So what he did is he put a noise on his computer, mm -hmm. like the doom yep. noise, and then he offered him a mint. Yep. Like, would you like a mint? And then after a while, he just goes... When the noise comes on, he's like, what are you doing? He's like, oh, I don't know. Mm -hmm. Right? Because it's, like you said, it's trained behavior. Yeah. Well, it's and no different than using a clicker to train your dog. Same thing. Yeah. Right? They get used to the noise of the clicker. Yeah. But in order to train them to use that noise, you have to give them a treat when you make the noise. Mm -hmm. And then after a while, you don't have to give them a treat anymore. They just respond yeah. to the clicker. Exactly. Right. That's, that's what's always been scary to me about... <clears throat> because I dropped out of high school. Mm -hmm. um, for the conscious reason of what am I doing here? Mm -hmm. And I, I honestly feel like that anybody of a higher intellectual ability at some point during their high school career does introspectively look at themselves and ask themselves the very same question is what am I doing in this yeah. institution? What am I actually learning exactly. that, I'm, that I'm going to ever use that's useful? And I'm not bashing education because no. one thing that, that school taught me was to the stick to itivity aspect is what mm -hmm. my mom calls it mm -hmm. and you know it teaches you to stick to things right right and it gives you that discipline of well at nine o'clock you go here and at six o'clock you go here and at th this time you go here right reading about how schools were designed for to make factory workers yes. basically essentially and I, I heard that that um you know when you really break it down they have their schedules they have their half mm -hmm. an hour lunch break they right. have to raise their hand when they want to speak yeah. they can't 
you know, dress a certain way. They have mm -hmm. to, you know, they're molding people. Well, it's all very militarized. You know, yeah. and people don't realize, this is what makes me mad when teachers go on strike, mm -hmm. is that you are molding young people mm -hmm. and you are teaching them right from wrong. Yes. And as, as much as you say, I'm just teaching them social studies or I'm just teaching them math, mm -hmm. you have teachers and everybody has had teachers that mm -hmm. force their opinion on students. Oh, absolutely. It's impossible to remove right your own personal wrong. bias from you what you can't. teach. You have to, like... Certain teachers that I've had have had different political views than I've had. Mm -hmm. And I've always tried to really educate myself on politics and things and what's going mm -hmm. on in the world and current events because that's what interests me. Right. Right. Like, I was really good at um, English and social studies, right? Because mm -hmm. those are the things that interest me because anybody who knows me knows that I'm an artsy, weird kid. Like, I'm in Shakespeare and mm -hmm. stuff like that. So I was really into that stuff, mm -hmm. but I hated math. Mm -hmm. And I could never get the hang of it and figure right. it out. And You're what, more of a left-brain person yeah, than a right-brain person. Exactly. Right? So. right. And the thing is, teachers are molding people today to be, I don't want to say soft or mm -hmm. weak or anything else like that, but like I said, in the outdoor ed thing, when I was in school, I learned how to make a shelter mm -hmm. out of sticks. Yes. And you know what I mean? I still know how to do that. And it's something that was ingrained in me because we did it every day for like five days. We did this, right. you know what I mean? And they teach you that yes. so that if you're ever in that situation... That you can rely you can on your own skills. Rely too. on yourself. Right. But if you took a young person, and when I say a young person, because you and I are both young people we are, in the yes. grand retrospect of things, mm -hmm. but <clears throat> say like 17 and under, I would say. Yeah. Right? That's a young person. That's it a is. that's a kid to me. They are kids. Right? Yes. If you took a person like that, going back to the end of the world topic, mm -hmm. they're screwed. Yeah, there's not very there's many that there's not ever a know how to rely on their own skills to, for anything. If they don't have a parent or somebody there that's that, to teach them or guide say, them. That's guiding them, say, Okay, yeah. hey, look, this is what we need to do, we need to get water, we need right. to do everybody like from my generation mm -hmm. at least, I can't speak for the generation after me right. has a list of things that they would do if the all of a sudden the lights went off and the power went right. off and, and I feel like that comes because we grew up on the cusp of technology mm -hmm. right uh, you could even call it the technological revolution if you want to yeah. because when we were kids we didn't have these devices to rely on we had our parents to teach us things and mm -hmm. other people that we would look up to to teach us other things and we were collecting these skills and remembering them yeah. and I know even personally that my memory retention <coughs> is not what it used to be because I rely on my phone when I want to answer to a question, right? Yeah. And I and I internalize it in the, in a sense that I can just always go back and ask it again yeah. if I need to. Exactly. I don't need to remember that because it, my information's here. You don't here. need to do anything right. now. Like right. you can set timers for things like that. Mm -hmm. I remember my grandma, who's who passed away. She was ninety seven, bless her soul. Mm -hmm. But she never used a phone. No. She never used a computer. And she lived until she was 97 years old. Yep. So in my mind, I was thinking, this lady's crazy. And then I started to get a little bit older mm -hmm. and started to understand a little bit more of how the world works. Right. Um, like she would say this one thing, like, Grandma, why don't you sell your house and get yourself like a, a condo or something, like something more comfy instead of this rundown. She said, well, you know, if I sell this house, you won't have anything. Hmm. And sure enough, here we are. Yep. On the cusp of that, <laughs> and now I see, like, holy shit, she was right. And she had the foresight to yeah. see that coming. 
because she'd lived through so much. She'd yes. lived through two wars. Yeah. You know, she was born during the First World War and lived through the second one and mm -hmm. had kids during that time. And, right. You know, was, she was, was exposed to a lot of hardships that, that people was, can't even and the, imagine. The depression and the what they called the dirty thirties. Yes. Right. And I was I asked her and she asked her about like segregation and stuff mm -hmm. like that and she said that there wasn't really that that much in Canada. Right. As as people think, right? Yeah, like, that was more of the states. Kind it was, of thing it was more of the states, much, but, but in Canada it didn't really happen that much, but it was just... Not to the same extremes, yeah. Yeah, like it was just uncommon that you would... Like she would, I would bring my one friend over, Marcus, who's black, and mm -hmm. she would say, um, oh, what's his name, that little colored boy? Yeah, or my grandma called them Negroes, like that yeah. little Negro boy. Yeah. I, I had a friend too in elementary school and she was black and my grandmother yeah. called her a negro and I was like what does that mean because I never heard that yeah. term before and she would say like that colored fo boy or that Pakistani boy right. or that you know because it <laughs> was they got taught like to look at the world realistically they and, did. like back then men were men yes and they were yeah right yeah. and like a lot of people get me wrong on this subject I'm not saying that transgender people and you know um bi-curious people and bisexual people hmm. don't have valid struggles that they go through, mm -hmm. right? But that's just not who I am, right? in a sense. Right. And it's a very touchy <clears throat> subject. Yeah. And I think everybody has their own opinion on it, mm -hmm. as they do most things. Uh, and it's a really hard thing to talk about openly, I think, these days because yeah. of the fear of offending somebody or the fear of yeah. saying something that you can't take back that's going to be held against you for the rest yeah. of your life because of the technological world that we do live in. Yeah. When you say something and the world hears it too, the world does not forget. Like now when you <laughs> say something, like anything, even if you're just having a conversation, like I know we're doing a podcast and right. you know, it's it's on Spotify and, and Apple and all that stuff. And will exist longer than you or I ever will. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that's the thing, we're making footprints of Mm -hmm. And it reminded me, because I don't really keep up with, like, no pun intended, the Kardashians. Right. But, you know what I mean? Uh, I heard this quote that somebody had said. Um, everybody thought that the Kardashians was going to be 15 minutes, and it's been 15 years. Right. But that's because people eat it up, right? Yeah. And people love it. And they, yeah. like you said, they dumb people down, and they sit there, and they watch their shows, and they watch right. America's Got Talent, <laughs> and they watch Here's all that. their... Here's a funny story for you in regards to people and their television and the media and how, how it consumes their minds. Um, a friend of mine works for a company, and this company does a lot of restoration stuff, so when they're going into a home to do mm -hmm. restoration, they have to take every, like their personal objects out to do the restoration, and they have to put them back in the home as closely to as they were when they took them out, yeah. right? Now, what had happened was this lady was back in her living room after all this restoration stuff had been done, and she couldn't find her TV remote. So what did she do? She called their emergency hotline and told them that no. it was an emergency that she couldn't find her TV remote. No. Seriously. Really? Seriously. How old is she? I have no idea of knowing. Hmm. Right. But to me, that seems a little extreme that she thought that it was so important that she could not find her TV remote that she had to call their hotline at like 10 o'clock at night Yeah. that it was an emergency <laughs> that she couldn't change her channel. That reminds me of <laughs> something that I heard, and it was um, in regards to the same thing. When they had, they had recently, I think, had an Amber Alert in mm -hmm. the States. People were calling the emergency hotline mm -hmm. to request that it be shut off because yeah. it was too loud. Right. How selfish do you have to be? 
Like, that's for a missing person. It's not... Exactly. Like, I know you're doing whatever you're doing and you're eating your TV yes. dinner and life is great, but right. out there some parent is missing a child. Yes, and people have such disregard towards each other that, like, it's... I would say as close to 8 out of 10 people that you ask what they think of society or people, they say, I hate people. I hate society. Yeah, oh, people stress me out. How many times have you heard that? Oh, All I can't, the time. Oh, I, I don't like talking to people or going to parties or... Right. People, I just get really nervous and anxious around people. Right, right. And, like, my thing is, is like, as an introvert, mm -hmm. I don't necessarily enjoy a lot of human interaction, mm -hmm. right? To me, it, it's very exhausting sometimes. Yeah. But I've always said that on an individual basis, I like people. People yeah. are good. But on a whole society... It does rub me the wrong way, just yeah. how things are and how it affects the planet as I'm, a being, yeah. uh, like as, as its own separate entity, yeah. how humanity has kind of taken over this world and just we harvest it for its resources, we rape it in a sense, mm -hmm. we just take everything we can from it, and we just make garbage piles and kill, kill each other and I think fight, it, and it's <clears> like... It's, I, I read this thing online, it said, because you, you heard about the Notre Dame mm -hmm. Cathedral, mm -hmm. that burned down Absolutely. or the roof caved in that was a huge yeah, thing it was and somebody had donated i think two billion dollars to the restoration for it yeah i saw that and yeah. somebody had posted the two billion dollars that was spent restoring the notre dame cathedral would have been enough to clean up the great pacific garbage patch it would have that kind of money but no people don't care about that for so many other things and they don't People don't care about that. Yeah, and, and I eventually, that the same people that donated that two billion dollars for that cathedral are also guilty of throwing garbage on the side of the road and doing things and that they I'm shouldn't. I'm not saying that like, I'm this carbon oh, footprintless no. Everybody angel. Everybody is guilty you know what I mean? of it in I'm, some sense or another. We all pollute the planet. We but do. I think that we need to work at. Did you hear that speech? I forget who it was by, but it was at the G12 summit. Hmm. I think that's what it's called. Um, and it was like. A 10-year-old girl mm -hmm. and said to all these world leaders, right, because 10-year-old girls don't have a bias. They're they not don't. politically inclined. Yeah. She said, you are not responsible enough to maintain the planet that you have been given. Right, and they're not. And, like, put the world on notice by yes. saying, and it's like, all these world leaders are like, oh, my God. And this is coming from a 10-year-old. Yes, that you're not responsible enough to, right. to take care of this thing. Right, and it's astounding to me that such young minds yeah. are capable of perceiving that these issues are such a grand thing, yeah. whereas people who control the world and can actually make a difference from these right. things seem to ignore it like it doesn't exist. Like, people are so consumed by greed oh, yes. and appetite oh, yeah. that they forget what it's all about. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, people, oh, if I just had enough money. If I just had enough money, that's, if I just had more money, almost if I just had more money, I've about, said like, that before. Oh yeah, I think we all tell ourselves you know, that oh, all I just, my problems would be fixed if I could if just I, have more if money. If I had a check for two billion dollars, I wouldn't have to worry. It's not about money. <laughs> it's not. It's paper and metal. Mm -hmm. Like it's not real. It's in a computer. That's the only reason that it has value is because somebody has dictated that it has value. Our currency is no more than a form of control. It's like seriously, like it boggles my mind. To think that we are fighting and literally killing each other yep. in places like the Middle East and mm -hmm. Honduras and Cuba oh, yeah. and all those regimes that are going on. We're literally killing each other for pieces of metal and paper. Oh, and resources for metal and paper yeah. or like whatever. Like, And there's so many things that feed into that mm -hmm. vicious circle 
of what's going on in the world. Like, it's more than just money. It's more than just yeah. resources. It's more than religion. It's, it's a combination of all yeah. of these things. And everybody seems to be having a hard time finding a common ground, yeah. which would be, we are people, period. Yeah. <laughs> and... I, I find it funny when people get frustrated over some trivial things, and like I said, I'm guilty of it as well. Like, yeah. coming from Vancouver, you get frustrated when the train breaks down and you're sitting in the train for an hour. Yes, and it's you want frustrating. to blame the, everything, And you're like, right? oh, the, oh, the fucking transit system is just garbage. It's shit. Okay, yep. well, let's put you back about 50 years. Before there was a transit system. Yeah, and see how you manage <laughs> them, right? When you have to walk from one side of the city to the next. My right? grandma was like... <clears throat> Um, she was the most gangster person that I've ever, because she was so resourceful. <laughs> God bless her. Um, she used to tell me a story that she said, she'd go on her rants. Oh, kids today don't know how to do things. When we were your age, we used to have to take our stockings and turn them into fan belts for our cars. <laughs> and I was like, what? You're like, what? Like, she was know, so, so resourceful and so smart. And then, you know what I mean? Like. It's just crazy to me how much oh, yeah. we have evolved technologically yep. in the last even 20 years. Oh, yeah. I was going to say even like five or ten years, yeah. the technological advancements have been Do you remember insane. those those um, Macintosh computers, those big blue things? I sure do. Things? <laughs> yeah. Do you remember those? Yeah. I remember when they, had, when they debuted the smart board mm -hmm. in schools. I remember when it came out. Right? It was so... Cool. And everybody was in awe of these It of was these like this giant whiteboard. Right? And that now you can buy <laughs> a coffee table that's a giant tablet. Yeah. Like you can buy these Like literally things. something out of Iron Man where totally. you're like... A like fridge that. that will order groceries for you and have them shipped to yeah. your door. You like can order whatever you want. A dishwasher that will tell you that your dishes are dirty and to please rinse them before I do my cycle. Like, yeah. what? <laughs> it's so weird. Man, like, yeah. if you went and explained, hey, this is my idea, I'm going to get yes. a little uh, device the size of a bar of soap, right. and with that device, you're going to be able to phone people on the other side of the oh, planet, you can do you're going to be able to see their... Almost anything you're gonna, that. You're going to be able to see their face. They'd arrest you. Yes. They would arrest you. They're, For being crazy. This guy's insane. Right. What's this guy talking about? I think it's silly that we still call them phones when it's more or less a computer that has a phone function. This, like, <laughs> like this phone, uh, the one that you gave me, has a higher processing power than most computers. It does, yeah. And, and people it's, take it for granted. People are like, oh, they man, get mad about it. oh, my phone broke. Yeah. I'm like, dude, you realize your iPhone costs $1,000 and my rent is seven seventy five. Right. You literally paid <laughs> more for your phone then oh, I paid man. staying in an apartment for a month. Exactly. And when I say that people take this stuff for <coughs> granted, I mean, like, they have no idea that there used to be an entire existence without this. That people on the lower end of our economy still live better than people who lived in the top 2% 50 years ago. One thing <clears throat> that my stepdad kind of instilled in me was uh, learning how to like think about things right mm -hmm. right um like i would have trouble like putting drawers in dressers and stuff when i was younger so you ram it and, and he said hey be smarter than the dresser man yeah work like, smart not hard you know what i mean <laughs> and it kind of noticed that he was like you don't know how to read a map 
Hmm. And that was when I was like 12 or 13 or stuff like, do you know how to read a compass? Do you know how to read a map? Can you navigate? Do you know, like, and so many people are like, oh, just Google map it, bro. It'll tell you? It'll tell you how far you got to go, how long it's going to take you precisely down to the... When they can't ask their computer what to do. Yeah. It's like, (laughs) which way am I going? Like, uh, I don't know. We don't have Google, so... Just stop people in the street and go, which way is north? How many people are going to say, I don't know. (laughs) <laughs> exactly. That, isn't that scary? Isn't it's, that scary? The lack it, of knowledge that some people have to me. It's just it's honestly, like I'm not claiming that I'm like this great bear grills adventurer. No, like you know no, I could go and build a mud hut and survive have in the woods. A certain amount of, of that knowledge is a foundation to live off. You of. need to have survival skills. Absolutely. And I think it's so underestimated. Um, like going back to what I was saying with schools and stuff like that, it's so underestimated by schools and educational oh, institutions. Oh, it's undervalued for sure. You know, education is not just something on a piece of right. paper. Right, And the thing is, is, I feel like a lot of those courses were taken out because kids had no interest in it anymore. Yeah. As electives, they weren't being elected anymore. Like people just didn't care about it. People don't realize that we're raising a technologically advanced generation. We are. For sure. You can hand a tablet to a three-year-old and they will do things with that tablet that you didn't even know you could do. I didn't know I had that setting in there. How did you do that? Exactly. Right? Exactly. And it's so weird. Yes, because their minds are evolving with the technology. Yeah, and and that's the scary thing, Mm. is that we're... We're making something. People don't realize that. Like, mm-hmm. when I talk to you about, like, not all people should have kids. Right. You are making a person when you have yeah. a child. Like, yeah. people don't conceptualize that into the reality of what it is. Not on that depth. They right? Sure don't. Like, and everybody has, too, like, that personal bias where they think, oh, yeah, when I have a kid, they're going to be great. They're not going to be like everybody else I don't like. They're going to be like me, and I'm a great person. Yeah. Everybody seems to have that mentality. Yeah. I'm a great person, and exactly. I should have kids. And my and kids are gonna. Kids. Oh no, my kids! How many times you heard that? Right? No, oh, my kids would never get away with that. People don't realize that, regardless of how much love and how much you try to teach this tiny person, nothing that you do dictates the person that they get to become. Because at a certain age, they are responsible for their own self. At a certain age, you can't control that little person anymore. And nor and that person should you. Is not. I think you should. I I disagree uh, respectfully because I think at a young age you should definitely. I think that I think that there should be guidelines. There should, there should be and modicums of and stuff, but like the you said, control. I guess like not to an extreme. You shouldn't control them, but you should be there to guide them for you, sure. I, I think that um, you have to set in place like like if I had kids, right? I would yeah. set in place rules. Sure. No, you can't go past this. But that's building a foundation of learning, right? right. And this is one thing that my mom always... I, I'm super grateful for my mom for doing because she kind of just treated me... She didn't really treat me as, like, a child, per se. Right. Like, oh, this is what I say because... Just this because is what of I your say. parent, yeah. She said, don't go past this because... And there was a reason. There was, a, there was always a reason behind right. something that got said. Right. Don't do this because... It really my mom irks me when people are like, "Don't do it because yeah. I said so." Yeah, exactly. Oh, because I said so. Because my house is my rules. That's not an answer. Right. That's, that's just exactly. a dictatorship. No. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like my mom, like with the whole smoking marijuana thing. Like mm-hmm. I smoke marijuana recreationally. I enjoy it. But my mom taught me about the laws really, really young, and she taught right. me that there's bad laws. Yes. It's not the it's not marijuana that's the problem. It's the laws. Absolutely. And that's what she taught me from a young age. She said, don't smoke marijuana. 
because you are 16 years old and your brain has not fully developed and right. it can really affect you your developing brain. you understand how that's going to affect your mental state and how yeah. that's going to affect your development, right? Yeah. And she really always just educated things for me and like you said, she didn't ever just say, oh, because I said right, so. Right, just because. Yeah, just because. I cause. hate that. I, I don't know. I, don't, I think that people, they don't know how to explain things a lot of the time. Like, they'll say something without thinking about it. Like you said, not everybody should have kids. Yeah. I think that they'll they'll say things without giving any thought behind it. They'll right. just blurt things out, even on right. social media. Like, we're talking about how kids today have access to more technology than people have had access to right. in the past 40 years. Right, and they spend so much time <coughs> on social media and around yeah. these other forms of propaganda and stuff that even their parents don't have the same influence on their kids as they should yeah. because their kids are learning more from these sites and these social media networks yep. and, and the people that they're communicating with it's, than they do from their parents. One thing that has always boggled my mind is the the lack of understanding of technology from parents. Yes, and their refusal to understand Oh, technology. I don't understand that. that that's right. foreign to me. And so they because just I don't down. understand this, though, now you can't have access to it. Yeah. That's also not fair. It's Well, the one thing is, like, I tried to get my dad an iPhone. And he's like, I don't want that. My dad was I, the same. I, I don't know how to use that. Like, I'm not, I'm Jonah, like, I'm 62 years old. I'm right. not, it's not part of my needs. Yep. I don't need that. Yeah, my dad was the same. Right. And... He managed just fine. He went yes. to work. He yeah. found out where he was going. Yeah. He printed off maps from yeah. a computer. Yeah. And you know what I mean? Like, he always he was never late for work. He was always up on time because right. he, he had that little. Need it. He had the. He didn't even have an alarm on his phone. No, he just. He had up. a stereo alarm clock. <laughs> like, he was yeah. like. And just like the knowledge that I kind of, I think, underestimated as a young person about how many things that my dad knew how to do. Um, oh, yeah. Because. Like, in reality, I've had my disagreements with my dad and mm -hmm. things like that just because of personal things. But right. when I really, really think about it, my dad took me to a job site when I was 12. Mm -hmm. And he said, come on, we're going to work. Yeah. And that was the greatest gift that he ever gave me was instilling mm -hmm. a good work ethic Absolutely. in me. You know what I mean? And it's even, invaluable. Even if he doesn't maintain it, yeah. even if he does, you know what I mean? It's valuable because I learned right. that at a really young age that work is hard because he took me to a drywall site and he mm -hmm. said, Kay, I want you to throw all this in the garbage and doing what a normal 16-year-old laborer would do. Right. Right? And he was like, all this drywall is going to go in the garbage mm -hmm. in all of these suites. And mm -hmm. I fell asleep, I think, at 12 on a pile of drywall. I didn't even make it to lunchtime. <laughs> <clears throat> and he wakes me up. He goes, you ready to go home? <coughs> I said, Dad, do you mind if I quit? He said, no. <laughs> Come on. Let's go. Let's go home. And he took me home, and then he went back to work. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So when I was when I was like a young kid, he was always working mm -hmm. and stuff like that. And that's what really I admire about my dad is that mm -hmm. he always taught me, don't quit. And I always used to think that it was just drunken rambling. Because he used to drink <laughs> a lot, right? And Our so, dads are pretty similar. Like, my dad was the same. And even when he hurt his back and he was on workers' compensation yeah. and he couldn't get a job because mm -hmm. of the liability associated with that. He was still always working. Yeah. He would still wake up at the crack of dawn, read his newspaper, yeah. have a coffee, wake me up for school, yeah. and then he would be out in the shop fixing somebody's yeah. car or building something for somebody, or he would be out in the backyard gardening, growing a garden for his mm -hmm. family. Like, we raised chickens and turkeys and other, other poultry and stuff. 
And he taught me a firm sense of, of a work ethic because yeah. he said, regardless of where you go in life and where you are in life, you will always have to work mm -hmm. regardless, yep. even if it's just for yourself. I, I look at so many people that say, like you were saying, like, oh, if I just had $2 million, I mm -hmm. could fix all my problems. If you look at Mark Wahlberg, he's very, very wealthy. Right. What are you going to do with up that $2 million? He wakes up at 2.30 in the morning. Right. And he has all the money in the world. He doesn't ever he doesn't have to, have to wake up. He doesn't want to. He doesn't have to work out. No. And he's obviously very but driven towards whatever goals he has set for himself. I think he said, like, somebody went over Mark Wahlberg's, like, schedule and it said, like... Hmm. Um, 2.30, wake up. Mm -hmm. uh, from 2.30 to 2.45, he does his prayer. Right. Right? From 2.45 mm -hmm. to... He takes, like, hour and a half showers. Yep. Right? So he, he'll take a 90-minute shower. Mm -hmm. Then he'll go for a 5K run. Mm -hmm. Then he'll have breakfast. Mm -hmm. Then he'll do phone calls and meetings. And then he'll... Right. You know what I mean? He's, like... He's done more in four hours... The first half of his day. And people are still asleep. Yes. And I think that it's a consensus among most successful people that it's important to have goals and it's important to work on yourself every day to reach those goals and for some people having a firm schedule mm -hmm. that they stick to is what helps them reach those goals yeah. and be successful but exactly. not everybody operates on those terms now i'm not saying that it's not worth trying mm -hmm. absolutely it is and nine times out of ten it will help you in one form or another having a schedule and building that for yourself, like you said, on the 21-day mm -hmm. regime, where you yeah. can actually build a habit. Yeah. And that's how you learn whether it's a good habit or a bad habit, yeah. right? That's why they have 21-day workout plans. Yes. They have, how many times have you seen that? The 21-day workout yeah. plan, the 21-21-day diet, 21-day this, 21-day that, Yeah. right? And it's, it's so interesting to me how easy it is to develop a habit. Yes. When I was here, Even when I first moved in... Right? And I didn't have... Because I have, like, a lot more stuff now than I had when I moved in. And I don't have a lot of stuff now. Mm -hmm. Right? Like, I have... My living room is comfortable that I can have people over right. and do podcasts like right. this now. Whereas before, I had an end table and that small TV. Yeah, it was very minimalist. It was... Yeah. No, like, that's what... That was the joke that I told my mom. Like, what do you tell people when they come over? You don't have any stuff. I'm like, oh, I'm a minimalist. It's like, no, Joni, you're just broke. <laughs> Right? Be honest. Come on. And yeah. the, the thing is, though, um, when I first moved in here, I had a like really tight schedule. Mm -hmm. I was up at 6 o'clock, and I'm like, I'm going right. to get this done, I'm going to get... And you had and, like two and three jobs, and you were constantly busy, yeah. and you were... And now it's, yeah. oh, I'm comfortable, and I don't have to work today, so I'm sleeping in until 10. Right. Right? And I want to get out of that, but I'm mm -hmm. really struggling with that. And that's right. one thing that right. I can... And I think that a lot of times people don't admit their struggles. And that's, oh, what, that's yeah. what's hard. Even to themselves. Yeah. Like, that's where you have to start, is Even, just admitting it to you have yourself. To, you have to look at yourself constantly. All the time. Introspection yeah. is an overrated thing that people... Yeah. Sorry, underrated thing yeah. that a lot of people don't even consider. Yeah. Like... That asking yourself, who am I, and who do I want to be, and what am I doing yeah. to achieve those differences in mm -hmm. myself? Everybody is so focused on the world around them, yeah. and, and these um, materialistic things, and these yeah. materialistic goals, and wants, and needs that aren't yeah. actually needs, right? That, yeah, that they, that they, they don't stop to think about, internally, even on a spiritual level, yeah. like, what they're doing with themselves. Yeah, and the thing is, a lot of times, people don't focus on what other people are saying, mm. and people will say, oh, fuck what everybody else says. No, 
No. Don't. You know, man. even if what somebody tells you is a load of bullshit, maybe you can learn a lesson from that too. Yeah. Like people tell, like for anybody who knows me knows my teeth are terrible. Mm. Right? I have a bunch of cavities and stuff like that because right. I didn't take care of my teeth when I was younger. Right. That's a very common thing. And people say like, oh, your teeth are terrible. Mm. I know. Thanks. Thank yeah. you. I know. But <laughs> Didn't notice. You know, yeah. I'm not in the position to say, well, fuck, what do they know, right? right? I'm in the position to say, well, a bunch of people are like talking to me about these things. Maybe I should fix that. Would I fix it if I had the money? Absolutely. I'm sure, yeah. I just don't have the money for it. Right. Right? But you still think about some things, right? Like even me growing up, like I have a lazy eye. People mm -hmm. who know me know that, right? Mm -hmm. Even with glasses sometimes, yeah. my eye just does whatever the fuck it wants. I think my left eye is a little droopy. <laughs> and because I was born completely blind in my left eye. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. And I went through like a bunch of eye patch therapy and right. stuff like that from a really like suit. I think I had glasses when I was... Le uh, younger than two, mm. right? So I've always had glasses. I can't remember a time where I haven't gone to bed and done this, right? Right. I've had that habit for 22 yeah, years. Think about it. It's like breathing, yeah. right? Like, it's yeah. like, for anybody who has glasses, I know you have glasses. Sometimes you wear them, sometimes you don't. Mm -hmm. But for anybody who has glasses that they need them, right. you lose your glasses, you lose your vision. You lose a piece of yourself. And then you're like, yeah. oh, where are they? And, and it's a very essential sense. Mm -hmm. Your sight is a very essential sense. Yeah, and that's the thing that was always really nifty to me is that because a lot of times I had struggles with my eyes, mm -hmm. I had a lot of different heightened senses. Right. So my dad used to do this on the couch. He'd like pick at, oh, his, pick at his nail pick, and stuff. Pick at the side, and yep. it would make just the smallest little... Sound, yeah. That sound. And I'd be in the other room and be like, stop it. And he's like, <laughs> how, how do you hear, hear that? that? <laughs> right? But right. we'd be driving down the highway in a car. My mom would be like, a deer. And I'm like, where? Where? I can't where? See it. Yeah. where? Like right? In front of you, yeah. Right there. So eventually they developed a thing where they would go, look, a deer. Don't tell John. <laughs> right? So I think that a lot of things that we... Like you said, uh, a lot of things that we have in the world today, we take for granted. Oh, for sure. Huge. Um, it's just to the point where we've gotten used to the comforts that we have. Right. We, we're I've used gotten used to, to my comforts that I have. quality of life yeah. and a certain foundation that life is supposed to be for people yeah. on an equal level, right? See, this is what's interesting to me because this is like I've had, uh, I think, a bachelor's place before, but I haven't mm -hmm. actually ever had an apartment right. by myself before right. this. Right. So... When I moved in, I had nothing. Mm -hmm. And when I say nothing, I mean I had a blanket and a pillow, a PlayStation, and a TV. And that was it. Right. And that was all I had. <laughs> and everything in here has either been generously donated to me or yeah. I've worked for. Yeah. And right? I can say that a majority of people don't even understand what that's like. Because mm -hmm. even moving out of their parents' house after they graduate from high school and stuff, they have... All of this accumulated stuff mm -hmm. from when they were growing up, yeah. right? So they carry oh, that. With like, them don't get me wrong. My mom, for the rest of my mom life. hooked me up, right? Like, right. But I'm very but, similar to you in that when I moved here, I had a hockey bag full of clothes mm -hmm. and my guitar, and that was it. Th that's the same thing for me. When I moved here, I had a backpack. Yeah. Like, and it was <laughs> stuffed. Yeah. With as much stuff right. that I could take with me, right? And it was just mostly clothes. Yeah, because like that, that was my necessities, right? Yeah. Everything else I could find or buy when I needed it, right? But on the same note, if somebody broke into my house tomorrow mm -hmm. and took everything, I'd be like, oh, where's all my stuff? Yeah, well, we and all build an attachment. Because we become used to them. That's and it's right. like, 
You know what I mean? But like our commodities. People come yeah. over. I'm like, hey, this is my chair. Mm-hmm. You can't sit here. That's, that's my that's spot. my spot. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and that's one thing that I think that a lot of people have trouble with as well is setting boundaries. Mm-hmm. You need to set boundaries with people. Even with yourself. Yeah. You know, even just boundaries with yourself, and mm-hmm. a lot of people can't even do that. It's huge that um, a lot of people don't know how to say no. Yeah, I or used, like they I used feel to be like that. About things that they shouldn't feel <clears throat> guilty about. I used to be like that huge when I started working in kitchens. Mm. I didn't know how to say no to people. Yeah. Um, employers especially. Like somebody right. say, hey, could you stay later? Yeah, sure, no problem. I'm good too, whenever you need me. Because I was yeah. young and I was hungry and I wanted to make money and work exactly. and prove myself. Exactly. Right? But like sometimes even like the chef one day was like, hey, can you come in? And I was just like, hey, I was just kind of hoping that I could get a rest day. Right. Because I've been doing a lot. And he was right. like... No problem. But it took you some time it to even realize that you needed a rest It takes day. courage to say that no to That too, people. especially when you look up to somebody in that, in that, you yeah. know, that power position, mm-hmm. and they're asking things of you, and you want to please them, so yeah. you don't want to say no. You don't no. want to say no. No. Right. It's not but like... It takes, it takes experience to know when to say no. Yeah, and when right. to like, give yourself a break. Right, when you've had enough because you're going to break if you do You're going to burn out. Absolutely. Like people who say, "Oh, I'll just I'm just gonna work seven days a week." I know no. this because I've done it. I did yeah. when I was in Vancouver. I was working at Central City Brew Pub mm-hmm. and the Charles Bar, mm-hmm. which were a couple blocks away from each other in Gastown. Right. So I would go in at nine o'clock. Keep in mind, it's a forty-five minute train ride from where I lived mm-hmm. to. So I'd be up at seven, right. you know, and be out the door at eight, did and commute, yeah. I'd be downtown by eight forty-five, mm-hmm. get a coffee, and be at work at nine. Right. And then I'd work till three. Yep. And then I would go. Well, I don't really have time to go home because it's 45 minutes one way. And then 40 minutes back. 45 minutes, you know, so I'll just stay downtown. So I walked around downtown and had coffee and wasted time before my other job, which started at 5. Right. Right. And I would do 5 to 11 or 5 to midnight, and I was working seven days a week. Yeah, you can't do that. And I did it for, I think, three weeks Mm -hmm. until I just burned out. Yep. And I can't really explain burning out to somebody. But it's different for it's, everybody. It's, it's different. Like, I just... My my work ethic went down. Like, oh, my, yeah. My, my clothes were, were shit. The quality of your work The quality of my food was your garbage. Your ambition drops. Even your whole mood changes. Like, you yeah. become irritable. You become depressed. You become yeah. angry. Even at things that wouldn't necessarily make you angry or shouldn't you... elicit that kind of response, you just start responding in weird ways to mm-hmm. things, right? Because your body is not... An interesting opinion of mine that I have is I think everybody should do that at least once. To see what it's like. To because recognize the symptoms. You recognize things that you didn't recognize. Yes, I recognize when I started yeah. doing that, I became very arrogant. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, dude, I work two jobs. Mm-hmm. What are you doing? Right. How many times have you heard that? All the time. Like, oh, I work three jobs, man. Like, that's nothing to me. Right. I'm up at three in the morning. Right. Like, I'm doing this. I'm doing that. And it's yeah. this big race that everybody's in, kind but of. nobody like, talks about it. I work harder than you do. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh, I work harder <laughs> than you do, so I deserve that promotion right. so, so that I can get me a better person. more shit that yeah. I don't need and you know right. what I mean? Right. But I noticed about myself when I started doing that, I just kind of, when I poured myself into my work to that extent, mm-hmm. I was like, well, okay, that was all I was thinking about. It was work, and that's I have no it. life. And you have no like, time for you. You didn't have any time for it. And that's what's so hard about, like, forming relationships, right? Mm-hmm. Even, like, intimate relationships with chefs. Right. And any chef will tell you this, like, 
I work seven days a week, and I work Mother's Day, and I work Valentine's Day. Every holiday that you get off. Christmas Eve, and I work New Year's, and no, I can't come over to get fucked up on New Year's because I'm making dinner for people who want to get fucked up on New Year's. Exactly. Right? Because I I work in the service industry. People are like, why why do you do that? Because it's what I do. Right. You know this what is I mean? the path that I have chosen. This is like that's what I've done. Yeah. Like I I left school to become a chef and I haven't wanted anything other than that. Like I've obviously done other jobs like everybody has oh, yeah. to make things. money, yeah. but you know what I mean? The end goal for me is always to become a red seal chef and to have, you know, one of the one of the best restaurants that I can have. Mm-hmm. And that's my personal goal. Like, it might not be your goal. It might not be the person down the road's goal. Well, and but even somebody that shares that goal, mm-hmm. it's going to be two separate paths. Yeah. Right. And one thing that my stepdad taught me at a really young age is there's always going to be somebody more qualified and hungry. Yes. And hungrier than you are. Competition's a very real thing in a world full of 7 billion people. Exactly. And people don't realize that there's always going to be somebody who has more ambition and more drive. And the minute that you start taking your foot off the gas... Is the minute that somebody's gonna, gonna go past you. They're waiting for the opportunity. They're wait. They're like, can I get past this way Absolutely. or get past that way? Oh, Absolutely. oh, you didn't clean the flat top. And that could be a very discouraging thing for people yeah. sometimes to think that I have to compete with literally tens of thousands of other people and for the very same thing. Yeah. And do I have what it takes? Yeah. And then they start doubting themselves. And, and once you get that seed of doubt. Yeah. In any job that I've worked, other than construction, mm-hmm. especially restaurants, it has always been based off competition mm-hmm. and performance. Hours are based on performance. Have you ever heard that? Yes. Do you get hours based on your performance? Not only have I heard it, I've witnessed it. Mm-hmm. Yes. I think that's garbage. Oh. Personally. Yeah, I don't know, that's a hard one because there's two perspectives for that. You get your... Your employee perspective. Mm-hmm. And your employer That's perspective. Right. As a business owner mm-hmm. or operator, you would want the performance. So therefore, you're yeah. going to give more hours to the exactly. top performer. Yeah. Because they are bringing in the most revenue for It's you. like a team. It is. They're going right. to put LeBron on the court more than the they're going to put somebody else. I think the bullshit part of that is that they're not willing to put the time, effort, or particularly finances towards their lower yeah. Uh, and staff to meet yeah. those levels that they want. They would just rather replace them than waste the time, yeah. in their opinion, to build them up. I think I got fired from... Um, actually, no, I got let go because he said he'd give me a reference and everything like that, and it was nothing personal, mm-hmm. but I just wasn't up to the job. I think it was my second kitchen job, and it was at Moxie's, mm. right? And he said, uh, look, uh, you just, you, you're not fast enough. And I appreciated that, and I said, okay, well, I I can appreciate that, and I know that I need to be quicker, Yes. right? But the thing that they did that was really smart that my mom explained to me, they got me to train the kid who replaced me. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't that I didn't know what I was doing. No, you just didn't do it fast enough. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And I said, why did they do that? Why did they make me train this kid if they were just going to fire me? I said, Joni, you trained your replacement. Yeah. And I'm like, well, why? So they don't have to spend money on training people, That's Jonah. Right. They don't have to spend their money and their time. Why would they spend their money and their resources right. training somebody when you can do it? Because you're already leaving anyway. Right, and these kinds of politics happen all over the place. Yeah, and they happen in restaurants all the time. Not even just restaurants. Almost almost any workplace you go to, you'll find that to some extent. Mm-hmm. Where an employer does not want to spend the resources or the time to train the employee to do what he wants, he would rather find a replacement. Yeah. 
Right. It's kind of that mentality of, oh, if you have something that's broken instead of fixing it, they just throw it away. Oh, yeah, but that's our whole society. Mm -hmm. That's our whole society. Yeah. Don't fix it. We'll just get a new one. Yeah. We'll get one that's better. You try unplugging it and plugging it back in? Not my problem. That's like the equivalent of taking a nap for a person. Basically. Do you unplug it and plug it back in? Right. Do you recharge? (laughs) Have you unplugged yourself recently? Like, you (laughs) need to unplug from certain things. Sure. It's 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 crazy, but anyway, ladies and gentlemen, I think we are reaching the end of our little time slot that we have here. Uh, Danny, thank you so much for coming to the show. Thank you for having me. It was good chatting and Love ranting. All righty, <laughs> all righty, ladies and gentlemen, that concludes our show today. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, this show is not only on Spotify, but it is on Apple Podcasts as well, so you can check it out there. And I hope you folks have a wonderful rest of your day.